Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. The word debt, what's it mean to you? It's probably a negative thing, right? But if, what, word, what would it mean if I were to say there's good debt and bad debt? This gets complicated because more and more so, I think some people feel that the stress of home ownership isn't for them. They'd rather be renters. And then you rent for a while and there's a stress of, wait, I don't own something. My landlord keeps raising the prices. So there's good debt and bad debt. Depends on how you want to apply it to your life. I'm fortunate in my opinion that I went to college at a time where scholarships, grants, and Funding on your own was more than doable. Maybe it took you five years to graduate. Maybe you were on the six-year plan. I don't know. But you get the idea. So there's good debt, bad debt. Good debt might be something that gets you further ahead in life. There's also debt that's bad that makes you feel good, like a vacation home. I know a lot of people who have second homes that they're spending forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year in mortgage payments just so that they have a place called their own in a location that's hot and desirable. And that may not be financially smart, depending on a couple other things you've done. If you've taken care of your 401k, your 403b, your 457, if you've funded your retirement, I think things like boats and second homes are okay. As long as they're fulfilling a need of happiness for you. So, good debt versus bad debt. Credit card debt, I I use credit card, no doubt about it. I've got two right now for most of my travel and cash rewards. It's funny. I don't even use the travel points. I keep saving them up for something epic. What started off is like, oh, let's, let's do a weekend getaway. Let's go rekindle the relationship. Now it's kind of like, let's do something epic. Let's take over Europe. How many points you can build up, right? So there's good debt and bad debt. I don't ever carry a balance on credit cards because I can't afford it. I know you're saying, Rob, you look successful. You have an air of success. You can afford it. Eh, not for me. A couple things that might be inside your 401k that you should start being paying more attention to. There's something maybe called a money market. What's a money market? Is that like a place where you can get a Coca-Cola and the company pays you back or it's deducted from your paycheck or something? I know. A money market is your cash in retirement accounts, and it's typically pretty stable. You can get stock mutual funds, you can exchange traded funds, you can get bond funds, you can get value funds, you can get international funds, small cap, large cap, mid cap funds. And right there, I'm not trying to intimidate, it just it got a little bit more complicated fast, right? I think your 401k is meant to be a an accumulator of wealth for you. It does every two weeks automatically, money comes out of your paycheck. For me, it's $1,000 until it hits $18,500 for the year. And then once that's in the clear, that's, you know, I can't max it out more. 
But start with that concept of maxing it out. Don't leave it in cash. If you have a situation where you don't know what to do, I think the, the target year funds are fine. Not great. Fine. I'm not going to intimidate you. It is a filthy mistake you're making. I'm not going to be that guy. You want a Calvel flirty pizza cake for your cup of butter. What? I'm not going to intimidate. I'm not going to scare you with, in your 401k. Go with a target fund. If you're 30 years old, that means you're going to retire in 30 years. Take a look at the calendar and add 30 years to it, 2050. And you could start there. Now, if you're aggressive, then say, maybe I want to retire in 2060 or 2070. Because as you get older, your fund becomes more safe. So when you start early, if you gave yourself more of a time horizon, it'll take on more risk. And these things aren't perfect. You own a little international. You own a little Japan. You own a little England. You own a little bit of Ukraine. You own a little bit of uh, oil. You own a little bit of small. You own a little bit of mid, a little bit of large, a little bit of growth, a little bit of value. It, it, it doesn't tie you into it to the point that you can't move. Fisher Investments, I think he's a lovely person, but back in the day, he used to buy 100 stocks for you. And they were 100 stocks, and you felt like, what am I going to do with 100 stocks? He's got a team watching it. So if he had a bad year and you fired him, you, you had to go, what am I going to do with 100 stocks? So ETFs are fine. It's so funny because I keep notes for years and years and years and years. And sometimes I look back at my notes and I go, what was I thinking? A diversified model portfolio. Two of the companies that were once in it almost don't exist today. Tyco and General Electric. From 20 years ago, if we were sitting down in a Wayback Machine, which for the record, Mr. Peabody was kind of creepy in my opinion. I'm just saying. But even if you look at some of the names in the financials, Citigroup's still around, J.P. Morgan, American Express. Then you could start seeing like Lehman and Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley Dean Winter and Merrill Lynch and AIG and Fannie Mae. And you're like, I don't know if all those companies are still like they once were 20 years ago. You can look at retail stocks from the diversified portfolio 20 years ago. And it was names like Best Buy, Gap, CVS, Walmart, and Home Depot. Most of those are still there. Drug and medical, but notice Amazon wasn't there on the list, right? In media, you had Viacom and AOL to invest in 20 years ago. That would greatly offend Facebook and Google and Netflix today. Not to be included on that list. 20 years ago, you had medical device companies in a diversified portfolio like Merck, Pfizer, Medtronic, and Johnson & Johnson. They've done okay. But certainly you could say that there's been some change. How about for tech companies? Texas Instruments, not a company you hear a lot about in the news. Still okay. But then you start seeing some names on this list like Microsoft and Cisco and Intel. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, you know, Microsoft is sitting at an all-time high. But then it starts getting weird. You see names like Nokia. Down, the mighty have fallen. Sun Microsystems, EMC, IBM. IBM used to be relevant. Now you just go, why would you own IBM when you can own Salesforce? It does, it does, you can't justify it. But then you get into some things like um, 20 years ago, your automobile companies were Ford and GM. Today, don't you have to kind of include Tesla? Or drop the cars altogether and go with trains? I think so. Your sin stocks from 20 years ago, your sin stocks today, Budweiser and Philip Morris. But Budweiser, the changing taste in the last 20 years. I haven't had a Budweiser or Bud Light, Coors Light in 20 years. I think there was one time I was washing my car and all there was in the garage was some old Coors Lights. 
And I popped him open and I washed my car with him. Because he certainly don't drink that piss water. Urine water. Whatever. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Beer, beer, beer. Bring me beer. Actually, bring me toenails. I'm starting a toenail collection. Yeah. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Life happens pretty fast, and it's really good if you develop a plan. Maybe on the fly, but develop a plan, you know? It's better than nothing. Part of your plan is organization. Sometimes I'm not the most organized person. My puppy's getting old. She's going to be put down today. So I've had to go through, get this, 15 years of photos. Because I'm not that organized. And what I realized in the last couple days is... Stunningly beautiful dog, strong dog, great friend, but 15 years of no organization. You know, there's been some times where I was like, that's a great picture. Let's, let's get it photo. Let's get it framed. Um, but that's not good. Fortunately, I handle my finances way better. There's a thing called binders. Do you remember binders? I still like having a physical binder on basically things like that washer dryer. When did I buy it? Kind of thing. How much did I pay? Where's the manual? Washer dryers aren't that tough to fix if you have the manual. They're going to break when they're going to break, for sure. But you get the idea. So a binder is great for bills. I still automate my bills, but I still kind of, in case I kick the bucket, I want someone to be able to walk in and say, oh, let's take a look at his budget. He has 47 bills every month and two paychecks. Let's figure that out. So binder is very, very helpful, especially if you're doing if you're signing up to have it done through your email, you kick the bucket and people don't get into your email for a while. You can see where it's, it helps. I had to go through my dad's stuff. My dad had a desk, like my photos of Maisie, the wonder dog. Uh, but it was, it was a pleasure putting together photos and just remembering just crazy things in the life of a puppy. In your binder, you should have things like potentially a birth certificate, maybe social security numbers or your social security card. You should try to keep it in a safe. Early on in life, you definitely want to put your sources of income together, your financial assets, your liabilities, your insurance policies, your will, your trust, any legal documents. It was kind of funny because when I was going through my dad's stack of paperwork, if it had been in a binder, I could have helped my mom mourn. But because it was in just stacks, I was like, there's going to be a legal piece of paper saying that I was adopted. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be the happiest man in the world. I'm going to learn that my, my mom is Shirley Temple Black. I'm going to learn that my dad is Charles Black, the guy who started PG&E. Like, I'm going to suddenly become a billionaire when my dad dies. Because I'm going to learn, I'm going to see the adoption papers. Now, most kids are, f- are afraid of adoption. I'm, I looked at it as an opportunity. I just wanted to make sure that it was Daddy Warbucks who adopted me. You know what I'm saying? Scrooge was an investor god. Now, I say that on occasion as a bit of a joke, but also as a bit of a learning mechanism tool to slightly remind you that giving gifts is not about the monetary value. Giving gifts is not about, like, if you have that flexibility, that's great. But most people would like a a card or good cold beer. You don't have to go to town and go crazy. My still, my investing baseline is still a million dollars. 
I was talking to a news anchor at Crown yesterday, and she goes, how much life insurance do I need to get? I said, let's start at 10 times your income. Because it's easy that way. It's a, it's a good rule of thumb that's not going to get you into too much trouble. Starts you off in the process, and then before you sign on the dotted line, you go, okay, let's explore this. What does a million dollars actually get me? Is that taxed? Is it not taxed? How much income can I get? So I told her, buy term and invest the rest. Don't buy variable life. Don't buy whole life. Bad products. Bad products. Annuities, bad products for most of you out there. So I start with a million dollars, and then I go, I ask the anchor, I go, so do you have any children? She goes, she does. I'm like, oh. I'm like, do you care about them? And she does. Some people don't, but she did. So credit is something to be paid attention to. So I would say for every kid you have, 250000 for the record. So if you have a spouse that needs your income and you're making a hundred, start with a million dollars. For a kid, 250000 college will be more expensive or less expensive. Than, but you're in, you're in the ballpark. My credit score ebbs and flows sometimes because I try to manage my cash flow to, to, to leniency. I want to use it. I, I want to maximize it. So sometimes, uh, like I just got a second mortgage, and my cash flow is struggling right now, so my credit score is struggling a little bit. But it's working in the right direction. So a good credit score is is pretty powerful. I'm glad I've got a mortgage at 3.75%, 4.25%. Like I can name my numbers and I could still say I'm pretty comfortable with it because I had a good credit score, a great credit score going in. Everyone should check annualcreditreport.com. Everyone should manage credit wisely and know that it can get you into a heap of trouble. It got me into trouble in college. I mean, not, not horrific. I saw people go bankrupt. But I probably gained 5 to 10 pounds in pizzas that were put on credit cards that if I had to go to the cafeteria and use my cafeteria plan, I'd be a lot skinnier. And it wouldn't really hit the spot of the munchies in the middle of the night. Remember how bad college was? You would order a pizza. You'd go wash your hands and like everyone in the dorm had eaten your pizza by the time you got back. It was like, let's mess with them. Or a freshman would go get like five bottles of alcohol and then he'd leave the room and you'd drain all of his alcohol and replace it with water and watch him get trashed. Off of drinking a whole fifth of vodka by himself when it was really only two shots left in it. Boy, is this great! College, right? And this is what we pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars for. Um, yeah, I think getting your kids started with a a bank account is great. I think getting your kids started with a credit card is fantastic. How soon? Fifteen, sixteen. But give them a secure card. Let them practice while in the house. Before midnight in a dormitory where peer pressure saying, get 10 pizzas when he should be probably only getting one if he's paying for it himself. So that's out there. I like the S&P 500, but I don't love the S&P 500. So S&P 500 is a large cap weighted index and you'll see it on TV. I I don't like the Dow. I, I have no purpose for the Dow. It's just 30 stocks that I may or may not own. For some reason, it's an index that doesn't mean as much as, like, S&P 500 means more about capitalism, large cap corporate America capitalism. And generally speaking, if big companies like Apple and Google and Intel and Microsoft and Bank of America and J.P. Morgan, if they're doing well, Boeing, it's kind of a nice reflection of capitalism. I once met a real estate agent who had 70 plus credit cards, and she was proud of it. You know those CD cases where... They have the plastic on the inside, and you slip the you slip the CD cover into it. She had something like that with seventy plus credit cards, and I was like, "Whoa, that's too many." 
in my opinion. Whoa. Too much manage. Too much financial trickery. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Maisie the Wonder Dog, we love you. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. So I want you to do things that make you happy. At the same time, I want you to make some sacrifices so you can get to retirement. I'm opinionated on that. I don't think looking back in your 80s and going, oh, I wish I would have saved money is going to be like, I I don't want to be the guy who goes, I told you so, but there's gonna be a lot of people like that. I know people right now who are leaving the Bay Area because they can't afford a home. So they're saying, I'm gonna go somewhere where I can. But also I know some of these people when they do get to a new promised land where they go to Bend, Oregon and, you know, minimum wage or an hourly company goes a lot farther than it does the Bay Area. I still, I still know, like some of them go out and like buy like boats, and some of them go out and buy three wheelers and expensive toys. Um, I love the mountains, but I, you don't see me buying jet skis and, and parasailers and paragliders, and you know you got to budget this stuff. You can't just go. I want it. I need it. I don't mind investment clubs. I kind of like investment clubs because you know what? I like people talking about money. It's one of the things that I really, really, I wish we could talk more, less taboo about. I don't, we don't have to talk about your sex life. I don't need that. Too much information. But let's talk about your money. I I feel like our society is a little bit too pent up. And then we also have an issue where sometimes, like my mom, she didn't know anything about money. Was that my dad's fault? Was that my mom's fault? Whose fault was it? In the end, I always blame the person. My first dog was a dog named Duchess. My family's first dog was a dog named Ladybird. Isn't it funny the names that we come up with? Duchess couldn't be more of a dumb name for a dog than imagine how dumb that is. How my father let us name a dog Duchess, miniature schnauzer, is beyond me. One of my favorite memories of Duchess was I was seven years old and I was getting ready to fly to Turkey. And I, I don't know if Duchess knew. She wasn't allowed to come. So we had to leave her with, with another family friend. Um, I, I don't know. Do the Turks eat dogs or something? But she wasn't allowed to come. And she kind of sensed it. I had just gotten 64 Crayolas. I had a big old pack of crowns. Duchess ate the whole pack of crowns. Her poop was fantastic. I'm not saying feed your dog crayons. I'm saying if you do, get a picture. Yeah. So we love dogs. Um, so I like investment clubs because people talk. I like that. I think, uh, one of my biggest flaws in life has been that I haven't networked enough, which is talk enough. And I always got up early. I have no respect for people who can't get up early for people. Who are like, oh, I can't, can't move until I'm a coffee, man. It's to me. I'm, I'm, I'm up when I'm up. I'm like shot out of a cannon. Uh, But I will say this, as I'm getting older, I'm going to do less and less of this because there is something to be said to for earning a right to sleep in. I've got a friend who has a business and he doesn't start his day till 10. I'm like, you're never going to succeed like that. He's like, I know, but I'm going to hang on my boy. I'm like, okay, your boy's going to have a a poor dad. So early bird does catch the worm in my opinion, but investment clubs I love because people talk and you could share some resources. Maybe someone's husband works at Apple. Maybe someone's husband 
and I'm, I don't know, I'm going sexist on this and saying that someone's husband works. But I last investment club I talked to was a group of old ladies, and they were fantastic. Not sexy. They said, Rob, will you come talk? And I said, sure. And they're like, we'll give you two bottles of wine. I'm like, sure, double sure. Talk to a room of ladies with two bottles of wine. That's not how it works. And uh, I loved it because in this group, they were picking stocks to like and not dislike. And they were like, do we like Trump? Do we not like Trump? Do we like Congress? Do we not like Congress? Do we like international investing? Do we not like international? But there was one woman there who was like 78 years old. Maybe 88. One of those people that just refuses to die. She moves slowly. She's starting to smell bad. Oh, wait, wait. That's my dog. Um, so, no, no. This woman, she just, she was crotchety. She was cranky. And I loved her because someone who says something like, oh, I'm not investing in that company because I once, I know what happened to AOL and this guy. And like, they have memory of something from the past that says, don't think, you know, buying Tesla after it goes up 20,000% that it's going to go up another 20,000. It's not usually how it works. I don't think it works that way. That's not how any of this works. Um, a couple books that I like. Um, I think the gorilla game teaches you how to look at companies like an analyst. The death of competition teaches you how to look at the ecologies of business. I'll take anything from Peter Lynch just as a introductory. So if I had a kid who's 16 years old and he says, Dad, I want to be like you. And I said, a child arrived just the other day, came into the world in the usual way. And the boy wants to be just like me, so I'm going to get him a Peter Lynch book because it's, it's kind of like a coloring book. It's pretty simple, how to stay inside the lines with Peter Lynch. Now, if you want to get a little bit more kind of crazy, you can go with like a, uh, a Benjamin Graham and you can look at value investing. And that's great, too. Um, I would be careful of looking at people who promise to make you millionaires. <laughs> Cody Robbins. I would be very, very careful of anyone who promises to let you think like billionaires. Here's the secret of millionaires. Uh, Tony, uh, you're telling me that to become rich, I have to walk over fire? Yes, release your mind and think like a billionaire. Walk over fire. You can do anything. Are you crazy? No way, fool. Tony, we know the trick here. It, it's, it's wood that burns at an incredibly low temperature. So you're not actually walking over anything that's hot. It's, it's lukewarm at best. What are you talking about, fool? Anyway, in my opinion, investing is not fun. It takes a plan. But once you have a plan going, it's kind of fun. I love, love going to lunch and looking at my net worth. Because it shows me, like, as a distance runner, I, I'm, I'm not in my last quarter. I'm not ready to die. But I'm close to ready to die. Um, and I kind of want to see where the finish line is. And, you know, te- when you start in your 20s, you got it all. I've been looking at the last 20 years of photos because my dog's about to pass. And uh, just getting kind of a really good view of her. And uh, I was skinny. I was, like, super skinny. Like, I was real thin. I'm like, no. Because I always remember myself as kind of chunky then. But I was just starting off as an investor. And then 10 more years goes by. And like, whoa, I kind of got this. I kind of got a house and I got a rental property in another state. And then I'm like, whoa, oh, yeah, yeah. Ten more years later, I got an office property, a house, a rental property. Ten more years later, I've got a house, a rental property, a second home. I've got my 401k flush with, with investments. I've got emergency money. I've got cash on the side. I know my next vehicle that I'm going to purchase. Like, 
having a plan is kind of fun. I got to admit, when I'm 80 and all I'm eating is pudding and like soft foods, it's not going to be as much fun. You're darn tootin'. Because when I hit 60, I'm going to stop working, or maybe earlier, and the money's not going to grow as much as it used to. It's, gonna, it's, it's, it's not going to be as much fun. In, in fact, it may be stressful. At that point in time, I may go, kids, you're not going to inherit anything right now. I want to leave everything for my children because I believe that the children are our future. But in 20 years, when I see everything shrinking, I may get grumpy. I may get angry. I may go, it's mine. It's going to the with me. You go make your own money. I do at some point in time want to hit people with a cane as an 80-year-old person and be arrested for it. Hey, man, I'm 91 years old. Got that? I deserve a little respect from <laughs> you, my buddy. My buddy? Oh, I love old people. They're so cute. Especially when they eat and food falls out of their mouth. Um, when I was a young boy, I was watching the New York World Series and Reggie Jackson was up, and that was the year he hit five home runs. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie. And in my family, we were kind of an international family because we moved so much. So you had to pick teams. And my brother Dave taught us how to read by picking teams. So I picked the Yankees, of course, and I'm watching Reggie Jackson, the World Series. And I've got four older brothers. And at some point in time, I pick my nose. And at some point in time, I slip it in my mouth. And all four of my brothers freaked out, gagged, laughed, mocked me for eating boogers. And it taught me a great investment lesson. Eat boogers in private. No, 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 no. You can pick your nose. But don't pick stocks. Until you have enough money that you can make a mistake or two. I made a mistake of picking my nose and eating it. It was delicious. I had what were referred to as sugar boogers. It was a dietary issue that a physician told me was okay. I'm a rare, rare case. They taste like uh, RC Cola. Tacky. I know you're saying RC Cola. We were one of those families that didn't have enough money for Coca-Cola. So you can pick your nose, just don't pick stocks. I know too many people who buy stocks with ideas that they have nothing about. I once bought a company that froze cancers in your prostate. I know nothing about that other than it sounds good. I once bought a company that sold bicycles in China. It's a great story. Man, when you get taken a break with a little Howard Stern music, it ain't bad. It ain't bad. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Having a bit of a tough day. One of the things I want to talk about as I'm kind of wrapping things up or today's topic is ugly ducklings usually grow up to be even uglier ducks. The idea that an ugly duck grows up to be a beautiful swan, it's a fairy tale, and they don't really exist. So one of the mistakes I think people make as investors is they go, I want to own the stock that's cheap. I want to own the stock that's fallen apart. And it's probably too late because, in my opinion, stocks are discounting mechanisms, and they're telling you that the bad news is six months away. If you take a look at the company that owns MoviePass or does MoviePass, They're desperate. They're running out of cash bad because it's such a good product. 
But the movie industry doesn't want to change. They're fighting them and, and making it tough to do business. See as many movies as you can in a month for 10 bucks. When a movie now costs 14 to 15 bucks. And for the record, 4D, please go away. 4D is the movie experience where Jerry moves and it, it warns you, don't eat or drink popcorn during intense scenes. And I'm like, wait, wait, the whole idea is to eat and drink popcorn, right? And then it sprays water on you and King Kong like jumps in the ocean. No, 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 no. I don't. That just looks like a, a, a flu, an infestation waiting to happen. So ugly duckling investments usually grow up to be even uglier ducks. Stop thinking that I'm going to buy a movie pass because it's 14 cents and it's going to go to $140. I'm not telling you don't try. I'm just telling you, lower your expectations. You can pick your nose, but don't pick stocks. Use Forbes 100 wealthiest people every year. Take a look at it. Now it's, it's some of the wealthiest people are like YouTubers. Things change. But typically on the list, you'll see things like Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, you don't tend to find any day trading academy people. And if day trading academies were so easy to teach you how to trade, we've got a proprietary system that does red light, green light, yellow light, and blue light. Wait, wait, what's blue light? Well, that's special. Do I buy or sell it? Well, it's special. And like, if you think anyone has software that tells you when to buy and sell, you are inane. But there's a fool born every minute, right? Market timing is overall a scam. I got to be careful using the word scam. Show me one market timer who's worth a million dollars, but who did it like turning a hundred thousand into a million. Yeah. I've given you an example of like a shark tank, Mark Cuban, who, you know, sold his company to Yahoo and then he shorted the company. Was that perfect timing? Yeah. Can it happen? Sure. But not very often. So if you ever hear of anything that promises with a $99 class, this class is typically $599, but right now you can get two for one for $99. You're kidding me. If you ever hear about a company that can double your money every three to six months, keep in mind 10K doubled every four months is $5.3 trillion in 10 years. We can solve the world budget. If these day traders and these academies existed who could show us the way, everyone on CNBC should not be trusted because they don't work for you. Can you use it for informational purposes? Yes. But if you think they're actually helping you, they're not. The guests could have the greatest single greatest idea. And you're like, wow, that's their single greatest idea. And in a month, it could be a different single greatest idea. And you wouldn't know. Or in 30, 15 days, they could go, I no longer like that single greatest idea. I have a new one. You really want to avoid God syndrome in my industry. That's when you think you're right. That's when you think you know. I know someone who's been listening to this show for over 20 years. Back when I was on the East Coast, he sent me an email the other day. He's like, hey, I've been to a lot of your seminars. I'm like, why have you never become a client of, of, of New Focus? And he's like, oh, I always thought I could do it on my own. I'm like, so you've been listening for 20 years and coming to seminars where rightfully and, and knowingly you're thinking there's good information there. But yeah, so he, he wants to be in control. He, he thinks he knows better. I'd be cautious. If a company ever says they got accounting irregularities, sell that stock. Don't fight the markets. I just invest in the markets. It's kind of like inner tubing for me. It's amazing how you can float down the Truckee River with a cooler of beer for four or five hours and not have to stop and pee. I don't understand how people do that. I think it's a miracle. I don't fight it. 
Sometimes the inner tube goes towards the rapids. Sometimes it goes towards the land. I think it's a good ride. Wow. 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 Now, Maisie the Wonder Dog would be mad at me if I said this, but don't buy a dog with fleas. In the world of investing, try not to get a company that's too messed up. And that's tough to say because, like, right now I own some shares of Qualcomm because they have a fight with Apple. And it seems like they would be, that's a dog with fleas. You don't want to fight Apple. But at the same time, you don't get sales on stock unless you're willing to take a little bit more risk. So it's a lot about not being right. It's a lot about compromising some risk for some reward. A lot going on there. Maisie the Wonder Dog, we love you.